Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 164, Seeds of Hope. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there. Wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your life. And we're meeting at a very powerful time, which is a partial lunar eclipse, where the sun is in Scorpio, the moon is in Taurus, and they're both square to Jupiter in Aquarius. What does this mean? A partial lunar eclipse, any lunar eclipse, means that things are being exposed, things are coming to the surface. And what we have around this eclipse is a lot of energy around communication, truthfulness, honesty. And Jupiter in Aquarius is about bringing forward new ideas, new technologies, but it's also about seeing the bigger picture. And as I spoke about before, I'm meeting a lot of wonderful Aquarian energies who are saying, why do I see this bigger picture and other people don't? And just to be clear, Aquarius is not caught up in polarization, my view versus yours. The gift of Aquarians is to be able to synthesize information that comes from many levels, whether it's a physical level, whether it's an emotional level, a psychic level, a spiritual level, and then be able to bring those ideas together to perhaps show others the bigger picture and where are we going? And so I hear, and maybe a lot of you are part of this, you're saying, okay, I have this awareness and I'm meeting people who perhaps only want to look at things through a, a very tiny microscope or telescope. And how do I deal with this? And to me, it's either step away or change the subject because what you're carrying is so essential for the future that please don't share your seeds, your gems with those who have no basket to gather them in. So if you find yourself speaking to someone who is really only wanting to focus on one thing, say, let's change the subject. Because this Aquarian energy that's coming to all of us, whatever we have in our natal charts, our astrology charts, is about acceptance of diversity. It's about, let me look at all points of view. I can choose my own journey, my own path from that, but I cannot exclude something just because it doesn't fit into my way of thinking. It's very different, as I have mentioned before, between judgment that occurs at the solar plexus and discernment that occurs at the third eye. The judgments are you're with me or against me. The discernment is there are many paths. I'm making a choice. I leave you to make your choice. And so with this Jupiter and Aquarius squaring this sun and moon at this partial lunar eclipse on the 19th of November, we're seeing not a polarization. We're seeing a coming together and acceptance, which is so exciting. We're seeing people come together, whatever they're, we should, could say their vaccination status, 
their political affiliates, their religious affiliates. We're saying, I can accept everyone. It isn't one voice. It's many voices for with many different frequencies coming together for the sake of the community, for the sake of the wholeness. Remember, we've all got different pieces of the jigsaw that when we express and share our piece of the jigsaw, when we lay that down on the floor and we say, that's my piece, we encourage others to do the same. Acknowledging we will only ever have unity when all pieces of the jigsaw are laid on the ground. Our heaven is brought onto earth. And that means accepting the differences, not saying let's all have the same piece of jigsaw. It just doesn't work that way. So I am excited by this time. People finding their communities in a greater way than ever before. And when we're looking at Scorpio and Taurus, and I know I've spoken about this a lot, we're looking at, I'm going to say today, the soil is Scorpio, the seed is Taurus. So what I wanted and will follow on with is what are our seeds and what is the soil? Because we can have one without the other and then nothing will grow. We need to make sure that the soil is rich, is nurturing, is abundant, and we need the seeds that are clear and clean to go into that soil. If we place dead seeds into good soil, nothing will grow. If we have fabulous seeds and very poor soil, nothing will grow. The two need to work together. The energy of creation comes from this. And the reason I was so inspired was I read a wonderful book called Seeds of Knowledge by John Burke that some of you may like to read. And he had, several years ago, gone around the planet, really, measuring with a magnetometer and other means to find out what is the magnetic energy coming out of sacred sites. Why were certain places picked by the indigenous people as being sacred? And he would use his various machines and to measure this. And this is really what his job was prior to getting interested in sacred sites. He was very interested in why the seeds grow in some places and not grow in others. And having read his book, and I want to share a little bit with you, it made me think about what are the seeds. Without seeds, we are finished. <laughs> We're finished as a species. But before you run away and say, oh, I've got to go and buy some seeds to put in my soil, remember there are different types of seeds. So ideas are seeds. Dreams are seeds. Children are seeds. Women are born with two million seeds, eggs, in our ovaries. By the time we get to puberty, it's around three or four hundred thousand, but it's still a lot. And as you may have heard me speak about, the teaching that I am really trying to express for women is that our seeds are not just about having children. That's what we've been taught. That are the purpose of our periods, the purpose of our ovaries, the purpose of our uterus is just to have on average one to two children in our lifetime. And those other pesky periods, like 450 of them, are just there for you to kind of choose when you want to have those children. That's ridiculous. 
I do not believe the great creator said, I'll give you 450 chances to have one to two children. Waste of energy. We might as well have all done it in the first 10 years of maybe uh, our 20s or 30s. No. Every woman, every girl, every granddaughter, sister needs to understand. Every woman has 300 to 400,000 opportunities to dream, to plant their seeds during their 450 periods while they're still having periods. And even beyond the time when we go through the menopause, we no longer have periods, I still every month have the chance to plant a seed. I'm planting it now, hopefully, to find fertile soil to plant my seeds in. You are my fertile soil. Thank you. So when women are told, oh, well, you're past the menopause, you're, you're finished, it's not true. I don't need now the period to know how to plant my seeds into healthy soil. So throughout our life from puberty onwards, women have that gift. Now men have the gift of being able to produce the sperm that actually fertilize that seed to bring it to life. But there are things that we can also do, and this is what John Burke taught me, that we can use lightning to do that. We can use magnetic fields to do that. So that every, everywhere we go where we can find that sort of lightning rod, which is really what a sperm is, the seeds will wake up. And so I want to share that for women especially, women have within them, in their womb, inside their mother, two million eggs. And what I like to say is those eggs are marinating in the emotional soup of your mother. Men, you don't produce your sperm until your puberty. And so whatever our eggs have been poached in during the time of our conception and then within our mother's womb, those eggs will be hopefully poached in lovely energy that will inspire us. But this is why I often suggest that women need to do their own ancestral work to clear the wounds, to clear the scars, to clear the unhelpful soil or emotional soup in which we have been brought up in. So moving beyond that, I want to say yes, every month a woman has a chance with her partner to produce a new idea, a new dream, and it may well be a baby, but it doesn't have to be. And in ancient times, women made those choices. They didn't have to say, oh my goodness, what if I get pregnant? What if I have an unwanted baby? You never had an unwanted baby because the, your consciousness was at a level where you only chose that which you needed at that time. We've turned everything upside down. We've seen getting pregnant or giving birth is a negative having a period. So I'm just inspiring everyone to, to remember the power of creation. And that seeds include children, but they may also be ideas, dreams, books, projects, etc. But if we look at it this way, and this is again something that John Burke talked about, and I'm just going to go into, children are an essential seed for humanity because they both carry new ideas, new consciousness, new DNA. 
and the new humans, the new children are carrying in a consciousness and are requesting that those of us who are older provide a very fertile soil for those seeds of consciousness to grow. And what, what is a fertile soil? I think it includes socialization, experimentation, curiosity, happiness, fun, that ability to actually explore diversity. All of those things I believe are essential for our children's growth to plant their seeds in the earth. And what we're watching, as you know so well, is that the children that have, in the, over the last two years who have been born or who are infants, have actually got a lower IQ, who are not developing as well. Because these new soils that they're being placed in, where they're being isolated or masked, is actually taking away the fertility of the soil that maybe you and I had when we were younger. There wasn't the fear when I was young. There was go and explore, be curious, don't get into any trouble. <laughs> and yes, my immune system thrived on that. So what I want to see is our children having that freedom to find a right place for the soil. And that right place for the, the right soil, I should say, for their ideas also includes us who are the family. Are we allowing them that flexibility to grow? And as you can imagine, my great concern is that they may be being forced into taking something, being jabbed with something that is definitely not healthy for them. We know that very few children who did not have a pre-existing condition died from COVID. We know that children do not pass on COVID to adults, it's the other way. We know that most children have a relatively simple illness if they get to COVID, if they have no pre-existing conditions. And my heart goes out to any of you who are parents or grandparents who are having to make this decision, but please know that the health of our seeds for the future are in your hands. And that you, this is what you brought a child into the world for, was to protect the future. And before I leave this subject, I want us all to understand the effects of placing spike protein in the body, because now we know it accumulates over time in those very sources of the seeds, the ovaries. What effect it's having, we may not know for the future. But without our seeds, we can no longer exist. And so when I go back to looking at John Burke's work, he speaks about there have been many times throughout our history, and I'm talking about tens of thousands of years, I'm not just talking about a few hundred years, where either because of our actions or because of actions that occurred upon us, like meteors striking the, the earth or something happening, a pole shift, etc., there have been times where we have our, our species has been threatened alongside other species. 
Now, how did we threaten it? Well, long before industrialization, we did the usual things that we're doing now, deforestization. We are not taking care of the soil. We're putting things into the soil that does not allow the soil to be fertile. All those things are happening now, but when we look back, they've happened for hundreds of thousands, well, tens of thousands of years. And when people say to me, oh, but we're planting trees, I just think, you've got no idea, have you? Planting a tree is not the answer. Planting a tree in healthy soil is the answer. How do we make the soil healthy? I've been alongside forests that have been planted, but there isn't one piece of life force in those trees. Yes, they're very useful for, for wood, paper, whatever, but there's no life force. So it, it isn't the tree planting that makes the difference. It's the soil and the type of tree. And if you've ever been to natural forests, I'm thinking New Zealand, Hawaii, where you literally see a diversity of trees, all helping each other, diversity, hear that word. But when there's diversity, there's health. When there's uniformity, there's death. That goes along with what I was talking about, living on the edge of chaos. The greatest abundance of creative ideas and growth occurs where our two forces come together, whether it's the sea and the land, or the land and um, the, I'm trying to put water and, the, and earth come together. I'm trying to give you another analogy. But what I've learned from biologists is that if you want to see diversity, if you want to see abundance, you go to a place where there are two different forces coming together. John Burke talks about that. He says that he saw that many civilizations that he studied, like the Maya, the Inca, etc., they had, if we might say it, ruined their land by whatever they'd been doing. They'd not worked with the land. They hadn't fertilized the land. They hadn't kept the seeds alive. And they came to this crisis point where they started to build temples or mounds or pyramids, whatever you want to say. And they knew it wasn't necessarily, well, their initial decision was where should we build these pyramids and mounds. In other words, it wasn't like, oh, let's just go and build a pyramid. They understood the potential of the land to bring rich energy to anything you wanted to grow there. And so they went to places where I have to say the shamans always knew that this land was rich. And these places often were what they call a conductive discontinuity places. I love that word, which really means where is there a magnetic anomaly in the earth? Primarily because of different soil levels or different, different types of magnetic soil, especially around where there's been volcanic action. But it may also be where different water sources that flow within the earth, the aquifers, where they cross. And so they, he understood that when there's a different type of soil or where you have a peninsula or an island, you've got this magnetic anomaly, this, this discontinuity that occurs. And when that happens, you have a very strong potential to have a change in the electrical forces in that area. You read the book, you'll understand it more. 
he recognized that the shamans knew this because he would go there and he would see that they had either created petroglyphs, drawings in the stone, or they had put their flags in that place because they knew this. They knew this for thousands of years that there are certain places in the earth, not man-made, that actually enhance the soil. The, the dragon energy came up through the earth at those places. It was strongest in those places. And you'd often see trees growing in that area or they would have placed a stick in that area or a standing stone to enhance the energy. And so what he saw was most of these temples, mounds, pyramids were built with the entrance over the top of this anomaly. And hence why we call it an entrance. This, this changes the consciousness, the, it entrances us, it alters our consciousness, but it also alters and enhances the growth of those seeds. And what he saw was that the people understood the ancient teachings were that when there's a certain wind that might flow across a land at that time, especially somewhere like Egypt, where they came across the, across the sands, that that wind again changed the electrical current or where a place was very susceptible to lightning, again, changing that electrical current, that magnetic and electrical currents. And he saw that there were different times of the day. For instance, the, the current was particularly strong as the sun rose. It was almost like that dragon energy was rising up when the sun rises, but it would disappear when the sun set. And I think we need to return to this understanding of how the land will work with us, with this, this magnetic energy with Mother Earth will work with us if we work with her. And that what he found and others have found that despite someone saying, oh, this was built for a burial chamber for a pharaoh or a king. No, many times when they went into these pyramids or mounds or temples, all they found was seeds. And I think it was the Maya who called them maize mountains. They literally put their seeds in there because they understood without seeds, we're dead. And we saw the same in the pyramids. They'd often go into a sarcophagus and all it would be in there was some soil with some seeds in it. So they knew that when they were either threatened by a potential deluge or environmental issue, or there was one happening and they needed to do something, the soil and the seed were brought together. And I think this is where we are. Now, you know that there are many people who are burying seeds and soil. There are many places underground that have been built for this very purpose, to gather the seeds together. But I'll also say there are seeds that exist within children that are buried in the earth at this time. There are children who are not being affected by what's going on on the surface. And that's not okay. We need to care about every child. We need to care about everybody's children. This is the Jupiter in Aquarius. Do we care for everybody or only a few? Our children are our seeds. And I speak very much to those of you who are grandmothers, grandfathers. This is, this is your time. This is 
your job as an elder to make safe the next seven generations. Those of you who are mothers and fathers, yes, it's your job to nurture your child, but you're doing it in the immediate. And I call on all of us to find places in our own land, find places where you know the ancient people have seen them as sacred. Go to places where the water meets the earth. Go to places which are more like a peninsula or an island. These are the power places. And if you want, plant your seeds, plant, plant new trees if you wish. But recognize everything is about diversity now. Don't plant the same one. Let those who complement each other work together. Because what we see in history is so many times humans have not understood that. Where things cannot, they think, oh, well, we've got too much of this. Let's just bring in something else. And they've destroyed the natural habitat. They've destroyed what we expect. The toads of Australia that eat everything. The fish that we may be seeing here in America that just eat everything. We've made so many mistakes by not listening to the complementary energy that works with others. Trees that stop any other tree growing because of their their branches, the canopy of branches. Let's get wise. Let's understand that it's not just some small effort we need to make. We need to think long term and say, does this tree I'm planting, does this animal that I'm bringing into this energy, do these thoughts that I'm bringing to the children actually enhance their ability to be fertilized and grow within the soil? Or am I weakening the soil? Am I weakening the seed? So I ask all of us to think of our own seeds. What are the ideas that you're looking for fertile ground to grow in? Maybe it's time for you to plant that seed. Maybe it's time to stop procrastinating. Maybe it's time to recognize that your piece of the jigsaw, your seed, is essential for us now. But I'll also say, don't waste your seeds. Don't plant them on barren ground. Recognize those who don't have the capacity to hear something that is more futuristic. And just pull back. Your seeds are not going to die if you hold them close and you'll know the right time. But don't hold them too close that they never get the chance to see the light of day. I'm going to leave you with that thought. I hope you're enjoying the fruitfulness of the diversity that's here on this planet. And know that all is well. Many blessings now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. 
do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.